So, how was your week? <laughs> I mean, come on, Alaska. Really? You, you know what? It wasn't nothing. In almost 35 years, as far as I can recall, that's the first time I ever went under furniture. <laughs> I was um, I was substitute teaching for Karen so she could be out of state. And uh, I had to tell you, I put prayer back in school Friday morning. <laughs> um, I would love to be able to say it was deep and theologically meaningful, and like, I mean, psalm-level prayer. Uh, as far as I can recall, uh, the prayer consisted of something like, uh, God, no, 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 for like a minute. Um, and, and, you know, we got over in instead of being thankful that we were done for six minutes, uh, I was I was a little embarrassed. I was like, you know, dude, you should come with something better than God no. Um, but you know, it's a prayer will be prayer. Um, and uh, and in the final analysis, folks, uh, as far as I can tell, as far as everything I've heard, uh, primarily from you, primarily, uh, I gotta say, this is one of the few occasions I can ever remember where Facebook had any value whatsoever. Um, no, nothing was lost. Uh, it, it was small stuff. And in some cases, it, it was meaningful stuff. But um, you know what? There, there was no lost life. There was no uh, serious injuries. There was no, as far as I can tell, significant building collapses. Um, and we're here. And things are good. And it was weird, and it was scary, but and it was aftershocks. Dude, those got annoying. Because you, you get to the end, but maybe it was just me. Anybody get to that point where, like, you're literally, you can't tell if there's an aftershock or if it's just you. I mean, I got to the point where, like, I'm looking at my dog. And if she's not freaking out, I'm like, okay, that's just me. It's just a, a mental aftershock. But... Uh, you know, in the, in the final analysis, um, God is good. Um, we've certainly, and, and I'm sure you've seen that on Facebook, we've certainly seen occasions where, um, you know, quakes not quite that bad have been absolutely devastating. And, um, you know, it, apparently we can now no longer uh, drive to the Aleutians, but other than that, uh, you know, we're good, and uh, and anybody got this weird feeling like, yeah, that was. But you're already like over it. You're like, yeah, that was weird. That was scary, but okay. And you're just you're like back to normal. God is good. So as uh, as I alluded to last week in the, in the closing announcements, uh, we are coming into Christmas. This is our first Sunday of December, and we are doing a a series based on kind of the theology of Silent Night. Um, which is good because, one, this is the 200th anniversary year of the writing of Silent Night. So, you know, it's been a classic for a long time. Um, it's, it's more of a classic than when's last Christmas. 
So, I mean, it's classic. Um, but it, it's critical because Silent Night is one of like the core pieces of our Christmas Eve candlelight service. I mean, it is the candlelight song. And, uh, and I was talking to Tracy about it earlier this week. And, and really, as, as we look at, as we think about Christmas Eve, if you've been here for any length of time, you know this. And uh, if not, you'll find out this Christmas Eve. You know, we, we periodically we change up Christmas Eve. We, we drop some stuff out. We try some new things. And, and we've come to realize, like, the only two never, you know, like, it's off the table. It's like, it's untouchable. The only two aspects that are untouchable are Silent Night and Charlie Brown. <laughs> everything else, everything else, you know, year to year, it could be an off year. Sorry, you just, you're going to bench this year. Silent Night and Charlie Brown do not go away. But as, as critical as, or important as Silent Night is to the service, you know, because it's been around so long, and I mean, all of well, most of us have been singing it since we were children. Uh, there may be a couple that, like, you know, it wasn't around when you were a kid, but, you know, that's cool. Um, we've been singing it since we were kids, and, and it has become a little passe. You know, we've just, we've done it so long, we've gotten used to it that we don't really think about it. And so we wanted to spend a few weeks coming into Christmas Eve to really talk about and think about what is, is Silent Night saying to us. And, um, and so that's why we're calling uh, our series, The Gifts of the Silent Night. And, uh, and the first week, we we're talking about peace, which, yeah, no, it literally, we planned this out weeks ago, and it just ended up like that. So I, I want us to think about the, the first verse. Of Silent Night. And uh, Hunter, if you could throw that up there. Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep. In heavenly peace. Can you throw up that picture? The dirty, yeah, that's the one. Uh, try hitting clear background. And now hit it, and let's see what that does. Yeah, of course. All right, so, and maybe it'll come back to this. I have this really cool graphic, and it's, you know, it's a standard picture. It's something you've seen before, and it's this idea you've got, and, and, and it goes back to what this verse was telling us, is this idea, you know, regardless of, of what's going on in a standard nativity picture, you've got kind of in the center this, this bubble of light. And, and typically, uh, well, not typically, like universally, it's Mary and the child Jesus. And, you know, maybe Joseph gets in on this, maybe not. But, like, there's this, it's like a glowing bubble. It's this halo of light that encompasses the two or three of them and kind of excludes 
everything else in the kitchen. Everything else is just is a little bit darker or a little bit outside. And, and, that's, and, and it's this idea of this bubble. Is, if you can remember back, and I, I honestly don't know that I can, but I, I have children, so I, I experienced it with them, is this idea that in childhood there's this, this bubble that you live in because you're not responsible for anything. You don't have to take care of anything. You're, you're just, you exist. And you get to be a child and you get to just live in peace because you know that there's, there's somebody else there. Hopefully you know that there's somebody else there who's looking after you, who's taking care of you, who's going who's gonna to take all the big scary of the world and deal with that so that you can just sleep in heavenly peace. And, and you know, thank God I had such a childhood. I had a childhood where, you know, I was, I, I still don't know to this day what I was shielded from as a child because I had parents who just didn't let me know the world could be a scary place. And hopefully, hopefully you come from that same kind of background and you grew up in peace. But then there comes a point in our lives where we grow up and we get a little older. And as we grow up and get older, we, we have in our minds somehow that becoming an adult means that we begin to take those trials and those responsibilities on ourselves. You know, I, I'm no longer the child. I now have to be responsible. I now have to be answerable for all this bad, scary stuff in the world. And when something comes down the pipeline at me, I'm the one who has to deal with this. And as we grow up and as we start to take on these responsibilities, as we start to take on these trials, we lose that peace. And then maybe we get to the point where we're really providing the peace for somebody else because there's another little person in our life and, and we, don't, we, we know that eventually, soon enough, they're going to know the world is scary. They're going to know that the world can be ugly. They're going to know that the world can be hurtful. But, but we want to prevent that knowledge for as long as possible. And so we just take things on ourselves and we don't talk about them. You know, anybody, anybody got the little ears? You know, you start talking about something and it's like, little ears. And it's just code for, shut up! We don't have these conversations around them. But the question is, in, in that, where is our peace? Because, because we are now providing the bubble, but in, in providing that bubble of protection, we're outside it somehow. And we lost our peace. And so we come in and we sing, you know, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy and content and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. And even as we sing it, we can't remember the last time we slept in heavenly peace. We can't remember the last time we got through a day in heavenly peace. We lay there in bed at night with all the cares of the world kind of running through our mind, and we can't get to sleep because our mind is going, dude, you need to take care of this thing, and you need to take care of that thing, and don't forget this thing over here, and it just becomes overwhelming. And, and it's almost like, you know, and, and I know some of us experienced it, some of us didn't, you know, 
Friday night, and you're laying there in bed, and you want to go to sleep, but every time, every time there's movement, real or perceived, your eyes pop open, and you're like, I, I'd love to go to sleep, but I can't right now, because my world is shaking. And we get used to living like that. We get used to the idea that I didn't get a good night's sleep last night because the, the train was just running through my mind. And we so desperately want peace. Folks, we have a Prince of Peace. God does not want you to live like that. God wants you in the bubble. God wants you to know, hey, hey, I'm here. I will take care of these things. All those things that are running through your head as you lay there at night, God's going, would you stop? You know, you ever you ever have a little one in your life, your, your child, niece, nephew, somebody you care for, and they start worrying about, about big things? And you're like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And you, you mean it. And you want them to be peaceful. You want them to know, hey, hey, don't worry about those things. I'm going to take care of that. There is a good father in this world who is saying the same thing to you day after day. Don't worry about that. I'm going to take care of it. But because we've removed ourselves from the bubble, we can't hear him saying it. And we have to think, we, we think we have to take care of everything that comes at us. And God's going, stop it. I've already taken care of this. Will you just stop? John 16, 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, we hear the word peace and we think, we think somehow, you know, sometimes English is just such garbage language. It's just, you know, we take, we take these huge concepts and, and we distill them down to like one word and the word no longer really applies. Like peace. When the Bible uses the word peace, you know, we, we've come to define peace as a lack of conflict. Like, if I have no conflict, in my life, I have peace. And that's, it's true, but it's so limited. And God's idea of peace is so much bigger than that. God doesn't want you to live a life of no conflict. Folks, can I just point out, we have peace with North Korea, but there, there's no conflict, but that's not peace. We're still technically at war with North Korea from 1953. We put politicians in charge of things, and they have not been able to sign a treaty saying, let's not fight each other for 50 years, 60 years, 65 years. A lack of conflict is not peace. When the Bible says peace, it means harmony. God doesn't want you to just lack conflict. He wants you to live in total harmony with him and with the other people around you and with yourself. 
to be peaceful, to be at harmony, for everything to be good, regardless of how everything is. And, and that doesn't really make sense, but it goes back to this idea of the, that Paul said of, of learning to be content in all things. Like, you know what? I have this peace with God in here that no matter what's going on out here, I'm okay. Maybe, maybe you get a brief idea of that. Like maybe Friday night, you got to the point where finally everything was cleared up. Everything was cleaned up and everything was thrown away and, and the house was kind of back to normal-ish. And you just had this moment of everything is the witch. That's just like the briefest hint of this larger idea that God wants you to live in. He wants you to live in this space where everything is okay. You know what? I've got problems. Everything is okay. I've got troubles with this person over here. Everything is okay. Because God is good and God is bigger than your troubles. And God is telling you, hey, if you would come, come here, come to me. Come and let me, let me enfold you in my arms and tell you everything is okay because I'm taking care of it. When was the last time you could look at the issues in your life, the trials, the tribulations, the troubles, and you could look at it and you can honestly say, it's all okay because God is taking care of this. And too often we don't want to do that because we feel like somehow we're handing off responsibility. It's like, I have to deal with this. And if, if I'm not losing sleep over it, now I'm not worrying about it, then I'm not being responsible. And I'm not taking care of it. You're not supposed to take care of things. God is trying to tell you, I am taking care of things, and if I want you to do something, I will tell you. And God is not going to make your world magically perfect. God is not going to remove all those trials and tribulations. God is not going to remove those conflicts. God is not going to remove those difficulties. But God is going to tell you, I'm taking care of these things, and in this instance, here's what I want you to do. And that's what this idea of, of the light yoke of Jesus is. You know what? I have something I want you to do, but you're trying to deal with this huge big thing, and I'm telling you, I've dealt with this huge big thing. I just want you to do this one little part. God's gift was peace, but the peace, you know, we look at the world and think, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but there's no peace in this world. That's because Jesus is not a magic act. He didn't say, I came here to make the world peaceful. He said, I came here to give you peace. And as it just told you, I have said these things that uh, to you that in me, we want that peace. We want that shalom. We want that knowledge that God is good and God is taking care of things. But somehow, we don't want to have to be close to Jesus. We just want Jesus to do his thing. Jesus, do your thing. And Jesus says, look, I'm going to do it, but you only get the benefits and the awareness when you are in me. You cannot divorce yourself or remove yourself from God's bubble and experience the kind of peace Jesus came to offer you. 
And right now, even as I'm talking, somebody out there, multiple somebody's out there, there's something going on that you know darn well this is exactly what I'm talking about, and you're still working through, trying to find the answer, trying to find the solution, trying to find a way through, and God is telling you, stop it. I'm already taking care of this. And, you, and, and quite honestly, what you're doing and what you think you should do and what you're planning to do is going to mess things up. Stop helping me. You ever had that with a child? They want to help? And you're like, for the love of God, don't help me anymore. And, and in your heart, you appreciate that, that this child is, has got a heart to help you and to be helpful and to, and to want to assist you. But, you know, your practical mind is going, just stop. Go, go watch TV. Go see if your mother needs some help. Go watch TV. Go play. Go bother your brother or sister. Just stop helping me. Folks, this morning, God's peace, the Prince of Peace, tells you, stop helping me. Let him take care of whatever it is that's causing you to lose sleep at night. Every night, as you lay there, as you go to bed, and as that train starts running in your mind, just start, as, as each thing comes down the track, you just go, Jesus, this is yours. Take care of it. Jesus, this is yours. Take care of it. When the Bible says, cast your anxieties on him, that's what he means. Literally, whatever is keeping you awake at night, give it to Jesus. Because he's already working on it. And he's going to do a better job of dealing with it than you will. You may take care of it, but you will mess it up every time. Because forgive me for being the one who brought this on you. Despite what you think, you have not got <laughs> and, and none of us think we're God, but all of us have this idea that somehow there's things in life that I am solely responsible for. And it's that thinking that removes us from the boat. It's that thinking that gets us outside of that protective embrace of Jesus. It's that kind of thinking that loses our peace. You know, dang it. It's cheesy, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to throw it in. The peace I'm talking about means that when your world is shaking, you are not. And, and I got to tell you, I get It's weird. I'm under that desk, and I'm God, no, God, no, God, no, God, no. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that I was peaceful. No, I was not peaceful. But I was not terrified. I was not. I was not on my own. I was not alone. And I knew, even in the God know, that God was bigger than an earthquake, big as the earthquake was. God was bigger. And I knew God could handle this. And he did. And that's the kind of peace God wants for you. That's the kind of peace the Prince of Peace brings. That's the kind of peace of holy night. Of silent night. 
And that's one of the gifts of the Christmas season. That's one of the gifts of Emmanuel, God with us. God is on your side. God is in your corner. And God says, You have to do with him now. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright around young virgin, mother and child. All is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild, he will sleep in heaven with you. May you sleep in heaven with you. Bow your heads and close your prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for, again, continually, unceasingly showing us your goodness. You are so good, and sometimes we forget how good you are. Sometimes it takes really big things to remind us, because we need you in the day to day. Jesus, we, we know that you came to bring peace, but not a peace that's, a, that's an ending to conflict or an ending to tribulation, but a peace deep within that sustains us through every conflict and trial and tribulation. A peace that says, don't worry about what's going on around you, because it's all going to be Father God, I pray that, that this day and each day forward, you would help us to learn to turn our cares and our worries and our strife over to you and to live in the peace that you fought so hard to give us. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and may you know May you know and live in and breathe in and operate in and profess and believe that his face is shining upon you in love and in grace and in mercy provides all the peace you need for this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hunter, can you run those videos for me, please?